Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And welcome, everybody, to the pod's Honest Truth. By the way, that is ACDC playing the opening song today. At least that's what I was told. Of course, I cannot independently verify that. Of course, I did want the Rolling Stones to play the theme today, but, you know, you can't always get what you want. Thank you so much, Rimshot. Hey, uh, so today we're going to hit a pause on the coronavirus, all right? We've been talking about it pretty much every podcast, though I do need to say this. If I can just get this off my chest for a quick moment, I'm starting to feel like Tom Hanks in Castaway, you know? The whole coronavirus situation, you know what I'm talking about here? I mean, I'm a bit isolated. I'm starting to talk to volleyballs. I go into the garage. I see a volleyball. It's not Wilson. It's Fauci. That's my new volleyball name. I look at the volleyball and I I talk and I say, hey, hey, Fauci. Anyhow, it's a bit disconcerting. It's a bit of an issue for me, but I'll get through it. Anyhow, the topic on the podcast today, evangelicals and their support for President Trump. That's right their support for President Trump. I said it, and I know we just lost some liberals. They're on the floor. We need to bring them some smelling salts to revive them. But while the Pods Honest Truth medics work out that situation as diligently and quickly, I might add, as possible, let me tell you who's on the podcast today. The former chief of staff for President Trump, Reince Priebus. He's working with a group called Faith Wins. Put that in quotes and smoke it. No, don't smoke it. Faith Wins to register boatloads of evangelicals and, as we like to say in evangelical world, get them on the Noah's Ark ship heading into 2020 to see that Donald Trump is reelected as president. Now, that's right. They're going to go two by two, pastor and pastor, churchgoer and churchgoer. That's the plan. We're going to talk about that on the podcast today. You know, this whole relationship between evangelicals and Trump is like a soap opera, if you don't mind me saying so. As a matter of fact, can we cue the soap opera music for a little effect here? Do we, do we have some soap opera music? Is that in the budget? Hopefully it is. Anyhow, when we last left the evangelicals and Trump in 2016, 81% of white evangelicals supported this president, and that rode him to victory into the White House. And now in 2020, dun, 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 there's a sense that he may need to do even better than the 81%, because look, all of the animosity and vitriol against him from the left is out of control. So therefore, they've got to do even better this time around. So what's being done on the ground to make sure Donald Trump is not booted out of office in November? Enter the pastors. Dum, dum, dum. That's right. Let me put it to you this way. Look, in voter speak, this is like the situation. It's time for pastors to mobilize and get the flock out to vote, right? That's what you would say in voter speak. But of course, growing up Jewish, I like to put it another way. It's time for pastors to get their tukases in gear and time for also a little Jewish guilt, something I know about. Believe me, I've got the therapy bills to prove it. Now, 
Indeed, it is time to start getting serious and speaking boldly from the pulpit about the moral issues of the day as it relates to politics. So basically, in turn, that'll get church members to get off their tuchuses and start voting. I love that word. I heard it a lot growing up Jewish, tuchuses, and now I get to use it in a podcast. Who would have ever thunk that? Now, of course, Donald Trump would put this dilemma another way in the way he only knows. If I could please do a quick Donald Trump impression, if you don't mind. This is what he would tell the pastors. I need the Christians to vote. I know they love me, but you got to do it. You just got to do it. So important, so important. But of course, you know that. Great spirit in the church. I've done so much for the church. I love God. I'm a big believer in Christianity. So pastors, what the heck do you have to lose? Anyhow, that's how Trump would say it. Bottom line, Reince Priebus, Chad Connolly on the podcast today. They won't say it like that, but they've got a lot of great things to say. And, you know, they have a very, very special bond when it comes to evangelicals because Chad Connolly uh, used to be the Republican National Committee Faith Outreach Director when Reince Priebus was chairman in 2016. And then, boom, that's right. I said that. I feel very Gen Z when I said that. I got a 17-year-old. Boom. I mean, I'm not going to just say, and boom. No, boom. That was a huge victory in 2016. And now the Reince and Chad, kind of like the Thelma and Louise of evangelical politics, they're taking it on the road and it's starting to pay dividends. That all coming up in the next segment. But by, by the way, before we get to that, how about a few statistics on evangelicals and Trump? Can we do that? Uh, that's going to do a couple of things. First of all, it's going to literally uh, drive progressives uh, to swallow probably about 10 tum tablets in a matter of 30 minutes. That's one thing it'll do. But it'll also make me look a bit smart, if you don't mind. So narcissistically, let me share a couple of factoids uh, with you. This from Pew Research. Our friends at Pew, I don't have any friends at Pew Research, but I like to say from the fr my friends at Pew Research, here we go. Um, they did a poll. In March of 2020, it shows that white evangelicals largely see Trump as fighting for their beliefs and, in, in essence, advancing their interests. Now, they still love him just as much as they did in 2016. As a matter of fact, here was the question posed. They asked, do you believe Donald Trump is fighting for what you believe in? Guess what? 81% of white evangelicals said, yes, the president is fighting for what we believe in. And by the way, that figure doesn't change much at all. He's pretty much delivered uh, for them time and time again. Now, let's do the uh, moral disclaimer, shall we? Uh, most evangelicals do not view Trump as necessarily a very religious man. Look, he's not running for pastor in chief here, right? As a matter of fact, only 15% in that Pew Research poll, only 15% of white evangelicals actually say the phrase, morally upstanding describes Trump very well. And only, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm cracking myself up. Uh, and only 23% of white evangelical, uh, white evangelicals say honest is a very good descriptor of the president. But anyhow, as I've said all along, folks, evangelicals believe God does use imperfect people to accomplish his perfect will. And look, many evangelicals think Trump is president for such a time as this. As a matter of fact, that includes the former press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We had a conversation about that back in January of 2019. Here's what she told me on that front. From a spiritual perspective, for such a time as this, Donald Trump of all people, to be, <laughs> as you said earlier in the interview, the most conservative president, I mean, does it kind of, in a way, 
blow your mind that, you know, someone like Donald Trump, who is sitting in the Oval Office, I mean, I know you can list the accomplishments, but at the same time, just from a spiritual perspective, there are a lot of Christians that believe for such a time as, as this. I think God uh, calls all of us to uh, fill different roles at different times. And I think that um, he wanted Donald Trump to become president, and that's why he's there. And uh, I think he has done a tremendous job in supporting a lot of the things that uh, people of faith really care about. Now, you can imagine when Sarah Sanders said that, the media went into full throw-up mode. She got dinged for that uh, pretty good. But look, here's the pod's honest truth. We evangelicals hear that and we say, yeah, that makes sense. It's called, wait for it, God's providence. In other words, he controls everything. Nothing to see here. Move on. Okay. Anyhow, the point is, as it relates to evangelicals and Trump, is that this president is supporting, and here's the key, more importantly, acting on biblical values that are important to evangelicals, pro-life, conservative judges for generations, all of that. So they take the macro view rather than the micro view of seeing the flaws in a candidate Anyhow, that's the psychological Dr. Phil analysis, but that's for another podcast. We've got enough to do on this one because coming next, the former chief of staff for President Trump, Reince Priebus, and his evangelical partner in crime, Chad Connolly, on The Pod's Honest Truth. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back to The Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. All right, time now for our interview with Reince Priebus, the former chief of staff for Donald Trump, and Chad Connolly, the head of Faith Wind. They're kind of like the Thelma and Louise of evangelical outreach to pastors right now. They're going around the country trying to mobilize pastors. And unlike Thelma and Louise, where they kind of like drove off the cliff, Reince and Chad are hoping evangelicals will not fall off the cliff and drive off the cliff. And they're making sure, they want to make sure at least, that pastors do their part to make sure that does not happen. Here is our interview on The Pod's Honest Truth. Chad, let's start with Faith Wins. Uh, what's going on? I understand there was this conference call the other day with pastors. Reince was on the call. Reince, I'll ask you in a moment about that. But, but Chad, tell me a little bit about the mobilization effort right now as we see it in the country. Yeah, just from my perspective, David, and uh, glad to be here and glad to be here with a friend and mentor like Reince and you, and I uh, appreciate all you're doing to keep news out there. But, you know, Reince gets a lot of credit for Faith Wins, too. Had it not been for GOP Faith and going to 43 states and speaking to some 80-something thousand pastors and discovering that they want to know what's going on, they want to engage, 
They just need the tools and resources. So Reinsa was good enough to do a conference call last week. We had 825 pastors who registered. Most of them stayed on the phone the whole time, and they were from all 50 states. So we're going to continue what we did with GOP Faith, but we have more resources, more manpower. I've got more bivocational pastors on the ground, and we're going to measure voter registration in the churches like it's never been done before, David. Hey, Ryan, so let me ask you how you got, I say how you got involved with this. I mean, I know the relationship between you and Chad and it goes back to the RNC, but you seem to bring a couple of different key uh, elements here. The RNC, obviously that experience, being inside the White House, that experience. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you're hoping to add to this effort that Faith Wins is, is undertaking. Well, thank you, David, for having me. First of all, I just wanted to, you know, tip my hat to Chad for continuing this passion that he has in engaging pastors and people of faith to stay involved in the political process, uh, educating pastors that they have, and, and, and priests and rabbis and everyone else of people of faith, that there is a responsibility um, to talking about the issues that matter to our government, to our great country that we all love. And so part of what I, I, I love about Chad is that he's never lost that passion to keep engaging people of faith, engaging the leadership of people of faith, and, and, and asking our, our leaders of faith to do something pretty basic. Get your congregations, get your people registered to vote. And that if you do that, and if you're willing to at least talk about issues of faith that are happening in Washington, D.C., or your state capital, that, in the end, is going to bring, I think, the issues of the people of faith more to the forefront by engaging our pastors and getting them registered. Now, you may think, well, this doesn't sound very earth-shattering, but in fact it is that engaging pastors and engaging people that go to church in the political process, not telling them who to vote for, not violating any laws, but just telling them that it's important to get out and vote and participate, and perhaps even having a Sunday or a Saturday or whatever the day may be, of registering those people to vote is something that I have always believed in that we have a role to play. And Chad is taking it even further. Um, the party, I'm sure, st obviously is still doing this, but any activity we can have, the, the, what Chad's doing here to continue that effort is, uh, is a phenomenal thing, and I'm, I'm excited about it. Ryan, from an analytics standpoint, uh, look, in 2016, the president won with 81% of the uh, evangelical vote. Um, how, how crucial is it this time around? I mean, I, I know a lot of folks believe he's got to be at that number or probably even north of that number to win because of the anti-vitriol uh, against this president on the left. Well, if you look at what the president has accomplished when it comes to the issues that are most important to people of faith, when you look at the conservative judges on the Supreme Court, I mean, that alone is enough to excite, I think, people of faith. You look at circuit court judges and what the president has done, and you look at the rest of the federal bench, I think he has now appointed more judges to the federal bench than both Barack Obama and George Bush combined in the same period of time, I think by three. So it's remarkable. That's number one. That's just one thing, let alone the Johnson Amendment, let alone the fact you moved the, uh, the capital from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, something that Republicans and Democrats had promised 
time and time again. But it took a, a, it took a business guy from New York to do these things that you and I and Chad have been talking about for 20 years. So that's what's important. I mean, there's more to it than that, but I think the fact that he's led by example is something that you can just point to and say, well, you can say all you want to say about Donald Trump, but when it comes to actually accomplishing the things that we care about, people of faith, hey, the proof's in the pudding. Hey, uh, Chad, I'm curious about anecdotally what you're seeing in terms of enthusiasm on the ground, if you will, to use a term. I mean, Ryan's just laid out a lot of the things that this president has done, but do you see it translating at this point, or what is your, what's your spidey sense, your evangelical spidey sense telling you, if that's even oh, a term, by the way? It is a good term. Uh, we just watched all those the other night with the kids. Yeah, oh, my goodness. It is wide open, David. And I just will mention, too, in that vein, this is the first time Reince and I have double-teamed this. I think we could go across the country. You would not believe the response. I don't know one pastor in my world who's upset about anything the, the president's done. In fact, they love him more. They see the vitriol. They see the hatred and the anger, the, the complete negative tone. But let me give Reince some credit on something because he had the foresight. I said, Reince, I can't, to pastors, I can't push a party or a candidate. But if they vote biblical values, you know, our side's going to win. And I think I wrote to him in what writes July 13, 2013, if we ever hit 80%, the left can't win dog catcher to president. And lo and behold, Donald Trump sets a record. And I don't know that me and Wrights, we didn't ask for any of the credit. We don't deserve all the credit. But at least we had a purposeful plan to make sure churches maximize their registration, that they were informed, and they were voting biblically uh, in everything they did. Jesus isn't running. I tell pastors that all the time. Therefore, it's just like Ryan just said, it's our responsibility to let people know, you know, which one weighs closest and uh, in, in weighs on our side of the issues of the biblically induced issues that matter to us. That's what we this, have to David, make sure you're both biblical values. Part of this, David, is also to challenge our pastors that mm-hmm. um, they can't just be interested in politics as a as a sort of a, a hobby on the side that they never actually bring forward to church on Sunday. We, we have our, 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 you know, Sanctity of Life Sunday, but every Sunday can be Sanctity of Life Sunday. And the one thing I used to say quite a bit, not to be repetitive, is that our churches cannot be, you know, vanilla ice cream and cotton candy on Sunday morning. We have to challenge our congregations and, and, and challenge them to at the very least participate in the process. And I, as a party leader, I used to tell pastors all the time because they'd be upset with me or think that maybe we were too watered down or I wasn't being strong enough on meet the press with Chuck Todd or whatever, you know, you know how it goes. I used to tell the pastors, don't hold me to a higher standard than you're willing to hold yourself on Sunday morning. Don't hold the party leader to a higher biblical standard than your own. And most of the time, a lot of these pastors would never talk about these issues on Sunday, but they'd be riled up at the party if they didn't do X, Y, or Z. So we challenge them. And what Chad's doing with Faith Wins is continuing that challenge um, all over the country. I will mention this to you, and uh, he just said something to remind of this, to tell you how excited pastors are. So when I left the RNC, I had about just under 10,000 pastors' names, emails, cell phones in my cell phone. We've had 40 
for almost four, 4,430 something pastors that have not been on my list. I wasn't in contact with. I either spoke directly to in meetings. This is January 4th to today. And up till what, mid-March, I saw a lot of those in person. We've done anywhere from three to eight Zoom calls by state, congressional district. That tells you a lot about how animated they are to get involved this year. Yeah, that's that's obviously really impressive, Chad. Hey, and Ryan, so I'm wondering, Chad mentioned something earlier. It's really been an underreported story about your involvement or at least spearheading this this faith effort from the RNC back in the day, if you will. And, and now here you are again. And uh, talk to me about that in terms of it being personal for you, because, uh, look, uh, you're a busy guy. I mean, you, you could put your name and weight behind a lot of different efforts, a lot of different things. And I'm sure you have your your, your, your certain issues and pet projects, if you will, that you do. But wh- why this one? Why, why is this crucial for you from a personal standpoint? I know you're a believer, but it's not like you're going down the, the aisle with a tambourine and you're, you're going all Pentecostal here. I mean, you know, you, you, you have a, a, a strong faith, though, and I'm curious about that. Faith is the foundation for everything in my life and why I did what I did as far as everything from being a county chairman of the, the, the local board to college Republican president to every crazy job in the party. I, I, everything from sign coordinator to a guy that making sure that we've got enough pizzas at the phone bank. But, you know, just for the party platform, that's great, but that's not the motivation. The motivation is faith in God, the faith in God and what it transpires and what it feeds into in our country. And why, when I became chairman of the RNC, it was really important to continue an effort of engaging pastors and challenging them to not just turn their church into a political free zone, but that if we are going to be salt and light in everything that we do, it has to transpire and it has to transform into Sunday morning. And it has to be that pastors are are the tip of the spear. It can't be that party leaders are the tip of the spear. Pastors have to do it. And explaining that to pastors has always been a passion of mine and why I'm excited for two things. One, the effort that we began at the RNC is continuing at the RNC. So they're still doing a lot of work that we're talking about. But also Chad, who built something special at the RNC, is also continuing that through faith wins and throughout the country. So I support the effort that Chad is continuing to bring to the forefront of churches and people of faith across America. Let me just ask you a final question for both of you and then we're done. Uh, Ryan, just on the kind of, I don't want to call it news of the day, a little bit about how you think the media has been treating this president uh, and the coronavirus and everything that's been going on. It just seems like these briefings, you know, now it looks like these briefings are going to stop. I'm just kind of curious about what you think the media is doing. I mean, they, they, they seem to have it in for this uh, president since, since day one. Well, look, David, this is, these, the battle lines have been drawn. Um, Republicans and Democrats agree that the president is going to be judged based on how this response to the coronavirus is going. And so the, the press and the Democrats have only one thing on their mind, which is to crush President Trump every day on his response to the coronavirus, whether it's fair, unfair, pure lunacy, and, or, or just made up. But they know that they have to try to destroy the president based on his response. The president is, is, is dealing with something that's never 
been dealt with in modern history, at least since 1950, right? I mean, so we are, in, we are involved in something politically we've never been involved with. The president's doing everything that he can. I think he's doing a, a remarkably good job. And there's not any other interpretation is revisionist history. It's trying to go back to, oh, January, December, if only this, if only that. Well, guess what? No one thought that we'd be where we are today in February. And so I think this is what it's coming down to. The president's done a good job, but who knows what tomorrow brings, right? We don't know. Um, it is an unprecedented time, unprecedented politics. And I think the Trump campaign, the RNC, and the president are doing absolutely everything they possibly can do every day to be successful in November. And Chad, along those lines, how important, you hear all of the, the media bashing Trump every single day. How does that resonate in pastor land, if you will, out there with the troops? Well, they're fired up, especially on the religious liberty issues, David. They're, they're concerned. They see the progressive governors and mayors that are overreaching. And, but they also know, and we're reminding them, that if they're anywhere near what the Barna Group says, 80 couple million people sitting in churches on a typical Sunday and still only 30 million voting, somewhere between 40 and 50 million people that profess Jesus and sit in church don't bother to exercise their amendment rights, much less their voting rights. They know they have the solution. And what we want to do with Faith Wins, our goal is pretty simple. We want to provide tools and resources and have the most robust, most accurately measured evangelical church voter registration drive in all of political history. And I got to, again, tip the hat to Ryan. See, the political people may not have ever done this. It was his faith that we sat out in December of 2012 and said, how do we fix, how do we reach the most reliable voting block in all political history and run up the score in an area where it should be voting strongly for conservatives? And that's what Faith Wins is committed to doing. And I would think that as I just follow up to my last question, which is typically never my last question, but now it really is, <laughs> uh, which <laughs> Reince, it's just amazing that this president of all presidents has probably delivered more for evangelicals and Christians than and I don't know, I guess what, any president in history, at least modern history, for sure. God uses people in different ways for whatever the mysteries of, of time to accomplish his will. Yeah. And, you know, um, what you just said is exactly true. Um, I remember the second debate. Um, we had just gotten through a crazy weekend. We had the second debate that was the one in St. Louis. And that was when the president articulated partial birth abortion. Mm -hmm. And who would have thought it would have been Donald Trump as a modern day presidential candidate was going to forcibly articulate the issue of partial birth abortion on behalf of the Republican Party in a way that no modern Republican president did, mm -hmm. but it was him. So you're right. I mean, no one would have thought that it would have been Donald Trump of the 16 candidates we had up there that it would actually be Trump that would be signing the gutting of the Johnson Amendment in the Rose Garden with Stephen Curtis Chapman doing the <laughs> warm-up act before that ceremony. And who would have thought it was Donald Trump that was going to finally put the embassy in Jerusalem? These are big things. I, you know, so I, I think action speaks louder than words, and the actions from the president have been great. Brian Priebus, Chad Connolly. Guys, thanks so much. Really appreciate your time. Good luck with Faith Wins.
That is Ryan's Priebus and Chad Connolly here on the Pod's Honest Truth. Hey, look, uh, they're not going to probably start pushing in full force, at least, this voter registration drive until late May or so. Uh, they're going to have something in July with that. Uh, and then in September, watch out. That's when it's going to really get uh, hot and heavy, if you will. Uh, they want 10,000 churches ultimately to uh, sign up and do this voter registration. And by the way, 10,000 churches that have never done this before. So that could be clearly a big game changer. Hey, one final thought that stood out uh, in the interview. Reince Priebus said this. I want to read this quote. Our churches cannot be vanilla ice cream and cotton candy on Sunday morning. We have to challenge our congregations and challenge them to, at the very least, participate in the process. And look, folks, that is the bottom line here. Chad and Reince, many other faith leaders around the country, do want to see pastors step up and be this new black-robed regiment. Remember back in the Revolutionary War days where the clergy stepped up and preached from the pulpit? Not just about God's Word, but they engaged the culture. They engaged the politics. That's what Reince and Chad and many others want pastors to do today. No more vanilla ice cream, not even French vanilla, because if that flavor, vanilla, among pastors continues— then there's going to be, quote, a rocky road ahead for the country. That is pun intended, by the way, and not a very good flavor. That's the Pod's Honest Truth. Until next time, America.